0: God is good. <laughs> thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, that will work right there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, let's, let's start with the word of prayer. Father, we thank you because you're good, Lord. You are so good. And your mercies of us endure forever. We thank you, Lord, just like the prophet of all said. It is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed or destroyed. And that uh, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His faithfulness never comes to an end. His mercies are new every morning. So We thank you for that, Father. We invite you in this place. Asking you that you fill us today with your spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We ask that the eyes of our understanding be opened and enlightened, that we know you better. We know the hope to which you have called us. We know the riches of your glorious inheritance in us, in the saints. And the greatness of your power which you have made available to us. We ask that you strengthen us in our spirits by your spirit today. And grow our capacity to receive from you today, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Glory to God. I want to thank the praise team, amen. Awesome job, guys, amen. If, if you didn't notice, the sermon actually started already during, during, the, during the praise and worship, amen. That, that was, that was uh, not only praising and worshiping God, but a lot of teaching in there, amen. And uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm uh, struggling a little bit here. Amen. So, I'd like to get into the Word of God today. Uh, And my sermon is titled, The New Roman Road. Amen. The New Roman Road. And uh, my sermon really has to do with change. Amen. And uh, if you you have been alive for, for any length of time, you already know that change is not the easiest thing. Amen. Change is not easy, but why is change not easy? Why is change not easy? I uh, I moved from Africa 20 years ago into a totally uh, you know totally different culture, and uh, not only that, but six years ago I I, I married this beautiful lady right here, Amber. Hey Amen. My wife, she's here with me. totally different backgrounds, coming from Africa, coming to America, different backgrounds, and you know every day you have to wake up and change. <laughs> Amen. There's a lot to change every day. And, uh, <laughs> but why is change so difficult? Change is so difficult because who we have become, or who you are, who you have become over the years, is not just an idea. You wear it in your biology. You literally wear it in who you are. Because your, your brain itself is a record of every single thing you've experienced, thought, talked about, watched, interacted with for the past 40, 30, 50 years, however long you've been alive. It's inside your biology. It's inside your chemistry. It's inside your brain. It's inside who you are physically. So thinking that you're going to change because you got motivated once (laughs) is not practical. Because you're going against over 95% of who you are, who you have been built, or who you've allowed yourself, you built yourself to be. So one day of motivation is, going to, is not going to change you. So I'll say some things today here that you're going to see, yeah, we need to change. Well, I need to change. But it's going to take a daily thing of waking up and saying this is the direction we're going to go as a ministry or this is the direction I'm going to go as a person. It's a daily thing to decide to change because you literally be—you have to be rewiring who you are. For you to change, you have to rewire who you are. You know the Bible, the Apostle Paul said, put on Christ. Right? He said to put on Christ. That's the book of Romans. It's the 13 or, 13 or 14. He said, put on Christ. And I read that scripture a lot. I'm like, how do you, how exactly do you put on Christ? Okay. I know I'm born again, which is he's already in my, in my spirit. I cannot put him on again inside my spirit. But I believe Paul was talking about you need to begin to wear Christ in your own biology. Weigh him in your chemistry. Weigh him physically. But it all has to do with you waking up and choosing to think the thoughts of Christ. Because each thought you think releases something into your physical body. Into who you are. Every thought. I mean, science is saying that every thought you think has got a certain signature that goes into your body. Every thought. So if you're thinking Christ's thoughts, what signature are you putting in your body every day? Christ, 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 Christ. Amen. And that helps us change. So, the words of Jesus Christ, the words that they were quoting up here, uh, the words that they were quoting, you know, Jesus talking about whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven. Those words, they're not just words sitting in a book. I believe, you know when when God said light be and he created this earth, those words are not just sitting in a book. Those words became active and those words are still alive today because science still says that this earth is expanding at the speed of, not this earth, the universe seems to be expanding still at the speed of light. Because God never said stop, right? (laughs) So it's still going. So if his words are still active and they're working right now, you think the words of Jesus stop? working 2,000 years ago, I think the words of Jesus are still active here in this atmosphere where we are right now, waiting for a receiver who is going to daily receive them and daily think them and daily incorporate them into their being, into their biology, into their chemistry, into who they are, so we can have that experience that challenges the world so they can see we're different. Amen. Amen. That was just a little side journey. (laughs) My real message, like I was saying, the real message I came to talk to you today about was was the new Roman road. I'll give you a a brief background of what the Roman road was. The Roman road was, uh, according to church history, the biggest piece of technology 2,000 years ago that helped the gospel spread like a wildfire was the Roman road. See, the Romans, when the Romans came to power to rule the world, the Roman Empire rose to power. They were different from anybody else. See, when the Babylonians conquered a nation, they tore it apart, destroyed it, took the smart people, the nobles, over to Babylon. Everybody else would either be killed or put into slavery. But that town or city or place would literally be plowed through. The Persians did the same thing. The Greeks did the same thing. Now Jesus came to earth when the Roman Empire was ruling. And the Romans were different. The Romans believed in colonization. They were the ones who first developed and perfected the concept of colonization. I come from a British colony, so I understand what colonization is when the British came to Zimbabwe in 1892. They changed the culture. They changed the way we dressed. They changed the foods we ate. Which means they literally took the British Empire and planted it in Zimbabwe. So that's what the Romans were doing. They would take Rome. Everywhere they went, they took Rome and planted Rome wherever they went. So when they conquered Gaul, which is bordered in France, what did they do? They didn't destroy it. They planted Rome there, and they put a governor there. When they conquered Palestine, right, Jesus' land, they didn't destroy it. They put governors there like Pontius Pilate to continue to perpetuate Rome. When they conquered North Africa, they didn't destroy it. They put a governor in Alexandria. So everywhere they went, that, that was their system. So, but what, in, what caused the Romans to, 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 to be so powerful? One of the most important things was that they developed, they invented these wide roads. Everybody else was running around through the bushes. They started to invent these roads that could move their military, their supplies, so fast. They could respond to any crisis at any time. I mean, they, they, they could respond faster than any Military ex- expedition you could think of at that time. You see, we, we're proud of our nation here, the United States, right? The quick response, we are everywhere, we are we know, we're in all the seas, right? All, all, is it the five seas or six seas? I don't know what they call it. But we've got a navy everywhere we are. We are pretty much, we got bases all, o- all over the country, all over the world, pretty much, right? So the Romans were, t- were developing that concept with what they had. They wanted to be, they wanted their message, if, if Caesar decides something today, it had to be in all of Rome by the end of the day tomorrow.
1: <laughs>
0: and they needed those roads for communication. And they needed those roads for reinforcement. So, when the church, when Jesus came in, and he came in at the right time, because the world now understood the concept of a kingdom. The, the, the heavenly kingdom was, was, was Let me say, Rome, whether they knew it or not, they were creating a picture of the heavenly kingdom. It's operation. Because God's idea from the beginning, when he planted man here on earth, was an idea in the garden was to bring heaven to earth. It wasn't about destroying earth and plundering earth and take the resources elsewhere. No, you go there, you stay there, you bring heaven there. That was the idea that the Romans were going by. So when when Jesus stood in front of people and said, the kingdom of God is near you, the people knew exactly what it looked like, what it felt like. Not exactly, but they had a concept because of the Roman system that they were seeing. They Caesar, when Caesar wants something done, he says a word, and all of Rome follows what Caesar is saying because they have a system to spread the word, to spread the Roman commonwealth, to spread the Roman ideas. Right? And so that's what that's what they could see when Jesus was saying the kingdom of God. So they saw that Jesus was saying, okay, we have God the Father, or I am the king. So when I say going into all the world, I need this message to go fast. So the Christians then jumped onto the bandwagon. They jumped onto the Roman roads. They used the Roman roads are known. If you study church history at all, the Roman road was one of the key elements why the gospel spread as fast as it did. Because People just jumped on the roads, moved to the next city, moved to the next city, moved to the next city. They get persecuted here, just get on the road, move to the next city, and the gospel spread so fast because the infrastructure was there. I'm going to play a a clip for you from the movie uh, Ben Hur. It's uh, based back in, 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 in the time of the Roman Empire, but there's a concept in there I just want you to, to take a look at. Actually, before I do that, let me read that scripture. I've already gone this far without reading the scripture. It might be a problem for some people. Goodness, Go, therefore, that's Matthew. <laughs> I, I know you guys are not like. Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So our mandate is not just to your street, to yourself, to to you and your kids sitting at your table. Your mandate is to what? Make disciples of all nations. Making disciples is not just preach and pass. Making disciples is really preach, teach, mentor, coach, train. And how could you do that without a proper system in place? All right. So I would like to play that, uh, let's, let's play that, that, that clip from, from that movie. And uh, give you guys a little bit of an understanding of where I'm trying know to Know the
1: world you live in, Judah. The world you live in is Rome's. Their law's. Know the world you live in, Judah. The world you live in is Rome's. Their laws, their power. You cannot fight them in the streets. But there is another way. The circus. In the circus, there is no law. There is no right, no wrong. What happens there is sport, not vengeance. Do as you please. Give them a show. The people will cheer you. How pathetic it must be when your sole motivator is greed. You feed my beauties. Don't think you know me. Five years in the gut of a slave ship. I know what motivates five years of pain, after 20 of privilege, and now you think you know something about suffering. Your situation is not unique, Juna. Neither are you. My son spoke up for liberation. He was branded a rebel. Dragged through the streets, his throat slit like a hog. I traveled my all-Romans-must-die phase, same as you. All Romans won't die. They can't die. You can't kill them quickly enough. If Masala is the pride of Rome, take their pride. Beat him in their circus. Give them a shame they will understand. I was accused. I meant to be dead. They won't let me raise. They're Romans, Judah. For the right price, they'll let you do anything. <laughs> Amen. So, <laughs> quick background
0: this young man got dispossessed by the Romans, his family. I think his mom got killed, his, his sister was sold into slavery, he was sold into slavery. He was a rich Jew in Palestine during the time, and they just took everything from him. So now he has vengeance in his heart. He was in a slave ship for five years, and he managed to escape. And so now he wants to, he is one man, and he's thinking he's going to go against Rome <laughs> and revenge, you know. He's a hero on a journey, but he really needs some serious counsel. <laughs> he does. There's just no way one man can overcome Rome. So Morgan Freeman, his character, there comes and steps in as his guide, right? He says, shake it out. You've got to know the world you live in. You want to succeed, know the world you live in. The world you live in is Rome. Roman laws, Roman streets, Roman food, Roman entertainment, Roman everything. So you want to be able to win, then play the game the way the Romans play the game. Amen? And so that's that's where we are coming up to where we are as a church today. This is the old system from my experience with church, all right, try to illustrate something here real quick. From my experience with church, when I went to Bible training, Bible school, Bible training, Bible college, right, you you, you, you get out of, you know, you got born again, you get a fire for Jesus, you want to bring people to God, or you come out of Bible school, you start a church, like you guys have a church here, you're, you, you're working, right, you're working for the Lord, and this is what's going on. This is, this is the system that we understand. This is the system that we're applying. God sends people. I call this the discipleship funnel. All right? God is sending people from different places your friends down the street that you're inviting, your family members, your ad on social media, your sign out in front, in front of the church, on radio maybe a conference you're having, people are coming in. And as people come in to your church, the idea that I believe you guys have is to create the Summit brand over here in this person. Right? Not just a believer, but a Summit believer. You should believe in Christ, but somebody who is in touch with the message and what's going on here. And this person... Then, they come in, this is week one, this is week 52, just giving an example, as they come into the church, and they go through these weeks, your prayer, because you love people so much, that they catch on to the vision of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then they catch on to the vision of this church. The, the true calling that this church has. Because every church has got a unique calling, just like you have a unique calling from mine, from hers, from everybody's, right? We get that. So at the end of the day, you want them to catch the summit vision so they can begin to contribute time and money into this vision just like you are. I mean, that's that's the idea. That's, that's the only, that's the way that we, we've been known to to, 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 to make disciples. Because if somebody catches on to the gospel of Jesus and its importance, the next thing they're going to do is like, I need to give time and money so somebody else can what? Experience what I'm experiencing. That's a part of the discipleship process. Why am I saying that? Look at the ministry of Jesus. It says, Luke chapter 8, it says there are women who followed him. Luke chapter 8. They followed him. Among them was Mary, who we know he had cast seven demons out of Mary who we know is a known prostitute. So Mary got affected by the ministry of Jesus. But how do we really know that Mary was affected by the ministry of Jesus? It says she was one of the women who followed him and supported his ministry out of her own substance, out of their substance, out of their own money. They began to partner with what the ministry was doing. Right? They spent time with Jesus, they contributed financially to Jesus' ministry. And so that's the idea what we're trying to do is get people in touch with what Jesus is doing on this earth so they can give time and money. Why time and money? Not so, you know, the pastor can have a good life. Is that the idea? No. We will take the time and money, bring it back here into the funnel. And then, then that's, that's growth. That's, that's the way we have known church growth over the years. This is what's going on. Numbers are saying, give, God gives you 100 people over here in America. God gives you 100 people at the beginning of the year. In America, we've only managed to retain 10. Now, out of this 10, I'll borrow the concept of my friend, uh, Pareto. Pareto says, 80,20. 80-20. 80-20 rule, Which means you have out of God gives you 100 people. At the end of the year, the, average, the church in America right now, you have two that are catch you onto to your vision and coming back over here to support what you do. And those numbers don't look good. They don't look good at all. We, we cannot be making disciples of all nations at that rate. That's just 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 I, I just don't see I just see how we can evangelize the world at that rate. So then we bring in, I'll come back to my new Roman road. What piece of technology could we use today to enhance the speed of the, of the church? Right? It's something that you're doing every day. But here's the thing. We do it for fun. We do it for t- entertainment. But the church somehow has not really gotten to using this as a major tool for changing the world. Yet it's... Do you know... Do you know why Jesus spent time at the Galilee? Do you know why Jesus spent time at the Galilee? Jesus spent time walking around at the Galilee because his, uh, i borrow a business term, his dream client was at the Galilee. The people who were ready to receive the message that Jesus was preaching at that time were not in sub-Saharan Africa. Okay? My great-great-great-great-great-grandfather great did not know anything about the God of the Hebrews. So Jesus showing up in Africa 2,000 years ago, in sub-Saharan Africa especially, maybe North Africa knew a little bit, but sub-Saharan Africa, zero about it. Who would not make sense. There was no background. There was no Old Testament. There was no background at all. So who was his, who how would he go preach a message to, to, to my ancestors by the Zambezi River? They would not have understood or received, there was no... (laughs) Did you get what I'm saying? So his dream client was at the Galilee. So he showed up at the Galilee every day and preached and talked to them at the Galilee every day. But you know what has become the Galilee today, right? This thing right here. Your dream client right here. It's estimated that by next year, we'll have over six billion active smartphones worldwide. The usage of the smartphone is, I think just past, I mean, reading emails on on your smartphone has just passed the regular computer now, right? Which means the attention of the people we're trying to reach is right here. I mean, the attention of the whole world pretty much is coming, is coming down to this thing right here. And so we have everybody showing up here. We've got big companies showing up here in a big way, right? We've got sports showing up here in a big way. We've got everything else showing up in a big way except the church. It, this is where the dream client is. this is where the, 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 the Internet was made publicly available when 30 years ago, 30, you wouldn't think about. you't think right. It's been made publicly available 30 years. Yet personally, I don't know a church that actually has a good They're probably there, a good Internet strategy, Internet ministry, like real, we're going to build something. Just like we mastered this system in the real world, how can we master this system online because the online platform is becoming the real world. Whether we, whether we like the change, I'll go back to the beginning of my seminar, I say change is hard because we wear our old methods in our bodies physically. We wear them in our chemistry. We wear them in our brain structures. So we'll come, if we don't in, get intentional about changing, we're gonna be doing this for the next thirty years, and not getting proper results. So how then can we take advantage of technology? We've got four major companies right now that uh, that are, I, I, I call the, the, the literally the kings of what's going on. You've got your Facebook, right? You got Google. You've got, uh, you've got Amazon. Now when I talk about Amazon, usually people think, well, you know, I'm talking about the Amazon, the shopping platform and all that. I'm talking about Amazon, the web services platform, which it gives us the ability to store our content on the cloud and distribute our content on the cloud, which means I, what I'm doing right here, right now, can be stored somewhere in a few hours someone in China can see what we're doing <laughs> right? So we have this we, we, we have all these big companies that they're paving the way for business. But as they're paving the way for business, Guess what? The Romans are not paving the way for, for the... Do you think the Romans thought we're going to pave the way for the Christ for when he comes? <laughs> they were about conquest. They were about greed. They were about their money. They were about taking over. But in the process, what were they doing? They were creating an opportunity for the gospel. Now we need to open our eyes and begin to see that what is going on right now with these major big players on the online platform God has put it there. So we take advantage of it for the gospel. As individuals and as a ministry. You see, when we're running this system here, it's very easy to hide. When we're running this kind of system, it's very easy to hide behind, oh, you know, yeah, you know, we just. We as a church, we're doing this, blah, blah, this system. It works that way because we're going to have the pastor and the pastor or the evangelist and whoever they do the preaching and people come in. But when we're moving to social media, I believe there's a huge responsibility that's coming to you as an individual to share your faith in an intelligent, effective way, which goes beyond... Posting a scripture day or arguing with people online about that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how can you how can you become an instrument for the gospel or an instrument for this church? to where Pastor Al becomes he's like the quarterback, all right. Every Sunday is what you know, and you're the receiver. You take that message onto your own profile, apply it in front of people, and it's not hard to hit hit a button and the world can see how this message actually played out and affected your life. Right? We're We're not playing this game behind behind closed doors anymore. We don't have to because we're... Hey, people are putting everything out there online. People, the stuff that you're like, should that be online? Yeah. It's <laughs> right? How about you begin to document your journey of change? Like, this is where I am. This is where I'm going to go. But I want to take you guys with me. Watch what this word from God is doing in my life right now. Have you ever heard of a, a personal Facebook Page, have you heard of that? I, I gotta ask sometimes. Personal Facebook page, right? different from your profile. So if you have if you had a personal Facebook page, for example, and you use that to to document the change, okay, I heard this scripture beginning of the year, and I'm expecting this scripture to do this for me. So hey, you wanna come watch as I grow and develop into what God has promised? I'll share with you my mistakes. I'll share with you my victories. I'll share with you. And at the end of the day, I just want to prove that this Bible is true. So if I fail at the end of the year, it's not on me. It's on God anyway. He's the one who said. But guess what? You know what people are looking for? People are so bored in their lives right now. People are looking for entertainment everywhere. People are paying attention to... You know, sometimes you come across a video and you hear that it has had a billion views, and you're thinking, wow, a billion views for that. Are you serious? <laughs> but, what, your, your life, there's a scripture that, that I love, 1 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 6.14, I believe. You don't have to put it up, But Paul, if you read it in the Message Bible, Paul is talking to the Corinthians. He's like, you guys are living a narrow life. Message Bible. He, say, he says, you're living such a narrow life. Your life is bigger than the way you're living. You're constricting yourself. Your life is way bigger. Do you know that your life is so interesting? Your life. If they sit and the think at me, they're like, yeah, right. I'm bored. No. You have God in you. You have experiences in you. You have passed through things. God has brought you this far. And somebody can connect and engage with that. And get blessed by that. And of course, with time, you begin to lead them back to People can connect to you on your page. Or people can connect to you on your, f- on your on your YouTube. People can connect to you on your Instagram or whatever platform you, you like. Snapchat. I, I, it doesn't look like I have a big Snapchat crowd in here. <laughs> but all these platforms are ways to connect. They've become like the Roman road now. They've become ways... get from one point to the next. They become ways to to reach people. They become ways to to get people's attention, 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 attention. And when I have people's attention, guess what? Then I can speak. I can speak the gospel. Or lead them back to church. But the strategy, this strategy is not winning the world. It is having some influence impact and I thank God that's what brought me in this strategy and that most of us that's what brought us in but the world we live in guys the world we live in this is the thing the world we live in has changed we don't change with the world guess what if we don't change with the world the devil is right now in the process you watch you watch the news you follow politics or, or in the entertainment industry the devil is busy painting a picture without us in it. And this is serious. He's painting a picture to our kids without God, without our faith. And this picture is getting clearer, clearer, more vivid. And God needs peop- God need people that know spiritual Photoshop. When the devil is happy, thinks he has done what he has done, you just Photoshop yourself in there. You and Jesus. so the world can continue to see that what they're seeing through all this confusion and nonsense is not truth. And it's not God. But then I come back to my, my original words, change. Actively deciding you as an individual You're going to change. You're going to change your approach. And and just realizing, guys, that your testimony, your personal testimony, what you're going through, is so vital. So vital that the book of Revelation says, I'm, I'm not talking about the testimony of the body of Christ as a whole. I'm not talking about the testimony of somebody who got saved out of prostitution or drugs or you know, you name it. I'm talking about your testimony. Is your, Are you getting this? Your individual testimony. If you sit down and think through it and analyze it and begin to write it down, your individual testimony, and find a way to create a story out of your individual testimony, is so powerful, so powerful, that John in the book of Revelation said they overcame him, the devil. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Your testimony overcoming the devil and his whole system. Your testimony, you photoshopping your testimony into everything that the devil is trying to do. Into that picture that he's trying to paint without God, without us, without 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 proper values. You just going in there with your testimony is a light in darkness. And we always, we always get attracted to light in the dark. Have you ever traveled, you wake up you're in a, in, in, in a hotel room, you think you're in your room, right? Or well, you forgot that you traveled. You wake up, you get out of the bed, and then boom, you kick the, the side stool or something like that, and you realize, oh, I'm not in my room, right? OK, where am I at? Where am I at? And then maybe you left the bathroom light on, right? So what's the first thing that catches your attention? The light. And then you start to gravitate towards the light. And then you start to remember, oh yeah, because the light, that bathroom is there, means there's a, there should be a switch somewhere here so I can, and then you turn, and then, and then you're safely traveling. And that's, the, the world needs us to be that light. The world needs us to be available. We might even just be a small sliver of light, that's enough. Te- you might think your testimony is small, it is enough. It is enough to get the attention of somebody who is right now reaching out, trying to grab something. They're sinking fast, and they're being lied to, and they're being taught all kinds of, you know, who, I mean, who knows what. And they're looking for the truth. Deep in their heart. they're looking for the truth. And so you're not, you're not, I mean, let me close by saying this, you are not going back up there with your hammer, smashing people in their heads for <laughs> the mistakes that they're making, the beliefs that they have, you're just going to sh- shine your light. And it doesn't even cost a thing today. It doesn't. It doesn't cost. It only takes your time. There was a time that was so expensive to get the gospel on, on media, right? Oh, man, TV time is so expensive. Radio time is so expensive. But today, you can go on media just, if you have a phone like this, hit some buttons, you are out there as an individual. Taking Pastor Al's message, you know, or you could even just transcribe it and read it. If you don't know. There's an app that transcri- transcribes for free. Get that message, transcribe it. Sit right there and just read it. You've done something. You've shown some light. I'm not saying you have to be an expert. You have to be a polished speaker. You just have to understand where the world is. Know the world you are in. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother.